I'm not pulling on my driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for another Drive to Work at Home Edition. So today I have Andy Sardellis, and we're going to talk all about card concepting and Infinity in particular, just because Andy did the card concepting for Infinity. So hi, Annie. Hello. So let, let's begin with what is card concepting? I, I, a lot of the audience might have not any idea what we're talking about. W what is that? Oh, okay. So, as y'all know, every single magic card has a piece of art that goes with it. And there's a lot of work into getting that art made so that it makes sense, like with the world building and with the mechanics. So card concepting is, you know, making it all come together and delivering something an artist can work with. And we do that in the form of an art brief, which is just a little tiny paragraph of text, uh, which we call the card concept, uh, that uh says like the setting like maybe the plane it's on what 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 should be depicted in the art any important characters uh you know even like what color of mana something's associated with it because that can inform like the color palette the artists use and we basically whip up one of those paragraphs for every single card in the game uh every single alt art in the game even sometimes so and then we ship those to the artist and the ad works with them to you know bring back a cool sketch so, yeah, so I have done a number of card by card stories in my column where I, I'll show the art descriptions, for example. So if people are interested in seeing those, I've done numerous of them. If you look at my column, like in my card by card columns, you can see sort of examples of what will give the artist the thing you're talking about. Yeah. Okay, so in big picture, um, card concepting very much is about okay, we've made a card, the card does something mechanically. But what does that mean? Like, like flavorfully, what does it mean? Mm -hmm. um, and a good, like, low-hanging example is, I have a direct damage card. The card does three damage to any target. Okay, but how are we conveying that? What does it mean? Is it a lightning bolt? It, are you, is it fire? Is it sonic? Like, what, what exactly are you doing? Like, it's, because the artist has to somehow, it can't just be, damage isn't damage in a vacuum. What does it mean? Yeah. Yeah, and the hardest part is getting really creative with that kind of stuff. Like, that's why we always jump to new worlds, because, like, hey, maybe the fire here looks different than the fire there, you know? So we're always trying to come up with new and inventive ways to show, you know, that good old three damage. And sometimes, like, the, the, a lightning bolt or whatever, direct damage is very easy. Uh, you know, okay, you're showing something harming something. Sometimes we make a card and, like, okay, what exactly is this? It's It might mean something in game terms, but it's very, it's much vaguer in sort of flavor terms yeah we sort of have like what is it sort of like a not an encyclopedia but you know like our go-to ways of expressing like discard or mill or i don't know like stuff in your graveyard coming back to life and stuff like that like it's there's there's all sorts of like visual language we can use uh, to express different effects that are a little bit more abstract. But, you know, we have to discover those and see what really resonates with people first. To, yeah. Now, layered on top of that. So all of the, the card concepting work has to happen. Uh, and then for this particular set, for, for talking about Infinity, there also was like a certain level of humor. Like right? you're also trying to, you know, be funny and make references. Like there's a lot of other layered stuff on top of that. Oh, yeah, yeah. With Unsets, we like to go really deep on all sorts of different types of humor, like referential stuff and even like magic referential stuff. So in addition to like building our own world of this outer space theme park, like we do 
like want to make sure we can hit uh all all the jokes people have come to like from previous sunsets as well so okay so what happens is uh you as the person who's in charge of this called meetings uh, yeah. and i think the meetings were you and me i was the lead of the design uh chris mooney because chris was like my right hand person uh, and dawn who was the art director and we all got in a room and we literally went card by card yes those meetings were a good time like all of us are just trying to come up with like um you know like usually like there's the joke you guys want to tell because you have like the slam dunk card name they're like it's got to be this and it's like all right it's got to be this but like how do we make that like work in our set so yeah we just brainstorm a bunch of ideas on how to visualize it like what kind of creatures to show and you know try to keep it like fresh try to keep it in world a little bit but make sure we're not missing like the real like home run joke that you guys are trying to deliver with the mechanics and then on top of that something else that we spent a lot of time on is we made a long list of like every trope you can imagine like we're at this carnival amusement park circus like, we want to make sure we hit all these different things. So as you're doing your concepting, it's also like, oh, we want to make sure to get a tightrope walker. We want to make sure to get a, you know, somebody um, throwing down milk cans. Like, there's all this giant list of things we want to do. And so as we're not just making sure every card shines, but also looking for opportunities to do things. Yeah, definitely. I think I was very biased towards having like giant vegetable thing because like for me, like the local county fair was like my version of the carnival. So I'm like, we've got to have big, nasty vegetables. And I think we did end up with that on a card. Yes, we, we have. Uh, we, we do have that on a card. Uh, awesome. It is called uh, Vegetation Abomination. Yeah. Uh, two green, two green, two, two artifact creature, plant, mutant food, death touch. Tap, sacrifice, vegetation, abomination, roll six-sided die, you gain life equal to the result. And this came, this, so the interesting thing is, um, this is a good example where we had this card that just, okay, you sacked a, you gained life, right? Just this card that you gained life. And you're the one that said, oh, okay, well, what if we, I think this is a neat idea that we have this, you know, um, like this carnival sort of grow your giant food. What if we somehow made this into, like, living mutant food that that was your idea right uh yeah i mean the artists really like went with it and like designed some really cool creatures though so yeah <laughs> but i mean it's a good example where the this card it's not like it's screaming from the, the rooftops that mm -hmm. it should be mutant plants right that's that's not what the card design was saying the card design was i mean it was very open-ended right um yeah you know, and then the other thing that happened is once once we made it that, it was not originally a food. Um, and sort of like as we started evolving it, we're like, oh, well, now that we're actually having vegetables and it's sacrificing for life, oh, maybe it could be like sometimes we'll do cool things on the card concept side and then we'll react to it on the mechanical side. Yeah, it's definitely a two-way street. Like, you know, in world building, we'll have these certain like character tropes we want to tell like, rex nebula we wanted like the incompetent space pilot dude that you see in like these retro futuristic shows uh and we're just like cool do you got it you got a cool idea for this guy and i honestly think you guys nailed it with like the crash landing mechanic like yeah. it's very cute like it's very holistic so it's it's really nice when things come together like that okay so what i want to do is talk about some cards and sort of i want to sort of dive into like okay we gave you this concept 
How did you take that from our concept to what it was? Okay. Okay, so we're going to start with Gallery of Legends. So I'm going to, let me read this for our audience. So Gallery of Legends is a um, attraction. Uh, so Gallery of Legends, artifact attraction. When you visit it, exile cards from the top of your library until you exile a non-land card. Then choose a legendary creature card with the same mana value as that card. Create a token that's a copy of the name with a uh, copy of the card with the chosen name. That token gains haste. Exile at the beginning of the next end step. Okay. So, so yeah. Yeah. How, so okay, you have this card. Where where do you go with it? Um. Well, basically, I think like the trope space for this one is sort of like Hall of Presidents or like that weird educational space that you end up in at a theme park or something like that. Um, so, uh, basically I just wanted to pick a set of legends to showcase that could easily ish adapt into like a robotic form because, you know, this is a sci-fi setting a little bit high tech. So like, yeah, let's make our animatronic robots out of these, out of these legends. So then it was like, well, what, what legends? Like everyone loves so many of these characters is like, who do I pick? I don't know. But I decided to start by searching, uh, for un in the names, like the proper un, like not in the middle of the name, like no, seriously, like in the name. And the first one I saw was stage the untouchable. And I just thought it was really funny with the mechanics as well, because if you do pick her, uh, it's not going to end well for you. <laughs> And then after that, I was like, all right, who else is here? We got Micaeus. People should recognize him because he gets a lot of play. Yeah, let's slap him on there. And in the background, if you can tell, there's a little Hydra back there, and that is Pelucranos the Unchained. So those are our three. Right, and it's Micaeus. Uh, what's Micaeus? Micaeus the Un... Unhollowed. Unhollowed, okay. Yeah. Um, and then that's yeah, a... We... Um, one of the things that uh, came, we came up with very early on was the idea that the park had the magic as its, th as its motif. Yeah. Um, and so it's fun, like, the, the, this is a good example where, like, you could appreciate this card and not recognize the characters, but right, if you recognize the characters, there's this other layer of joke to it. Yeah, I tried to squeeze those in, like, basically, uh, anytime I could, you know, it was, uh, it was a lot of work, like, giving so much brain energy to each of these cards, it's like, they're just each yelling, yelling at you to, like, be funny or like tell a reference. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to try my best. <laughs> so, so here's, here's one of my favorite. Um, one of the ones that I really enjoyed the, how much sort of magic jokes are in it. So there's a card called bag check. So bag check is one blue, blue instant counter target spell. Then ask a person outside the game. If that spell looks dangerous to them, if they say yes, draw a card, then discard a card. And so the visual on it is somebody's emptying somebody's bag. Cause they're, you know, it's a security check. Um, but what you did is every object in this is from Magic's past. Yeah, I think I tried to make sure, let's see. Okay, so we straight up just have, like, gremlins at the park. Like, I think they show up in a couple of the cards because, naturally, you have a park, things are going to get kind of nasty, you're going to get an infestation of something. Um, yeah, yeah, there's a kill bot in there, I think, from a past unset. From Unstable, yeah. Uh, yeah, from Unstable, the classic thumb... Yeah, it's Krug's thumb. Krug's thumb. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it was just a mix of things that I thought would be, like, you know, silly, like, somewhat, you know, like, what are you doing with all this, like, lame stuff in your bag, some of it. Um, so, yeah, and it's just fun. And when, what I would say is something for people to enjoy is, look at the art. So much of the time, it's not a random thing. You spent, 
one of the things I know you did is you would send the artist like links to here are the cards you're referencing. Make sure you look at these cards. And a lot of the art descriptions had links to existing magic art. Oh yeah, totally. So like we would put in, you know, some pages from our world guide that we whipped up, but like always alongside, you know, some other piece of art from magic would be like, yeah, can you like dress this guy up, but with like these neon, you know, performer outfit things and stuff like that. So yeah, it's always a mishmash. Okay, so the next one is a weird one. Um, so it was called the Astro Aquarium. Um, so the Astro Aquarium, let me read it. Uh, two in a blue artifact. When Astro Aquarium enters the battlefield, you may put an art sticker on it. One in tap. Until end of turn, target creature becomes a blue shark with base power and toughness 4-4. Four, four. If the cracks in Astro Aquarium's art are, are completely covered, that creature becomes a blue octopus with base power and toughness 8-8 eight, eight instead. Activate only the sorcery. The art shows... Uh, behind glass, you see a uh, a shark and you see an octopus, although they have a lot of neon in them. And then the glass is, you see cracks in the glass. So let's talk about the origin of this card. Okay, I I swear it started with you guys like wanting to have something to like sticker on that was like weird and quirky, but like had to do with the art. Um, but it was more about like, Oh my gosh, like with this crack, we definitely want it to be like playable. Like we do want you to be able to cover the crack, but we don't want it to be like a gimme, like can't be too easy. So we did, I remember we were in a call and you like held up this piece of paper being like, this is how the crack should look. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I drew that on a card of Voracious Great Shark and attached that to the reference because we wanted to be like a Y-shaped crack. So you got to put a little effort into it. And, um, but make sure, like, you can tell it's holding in water. So, like, we have a little bit of water coming out, but not too much because we still want you to be able to tell where the crack is. It was just this whole debate over, like, is this crack too large? Like, how big are the stickers going to be? And, like, I hope in the end it turned out to be something people can, you know, make that 8-8 eight, eight giant shark or whatever you're doing. And But it was, yeah, a this lot is, of work. This is another good example, by the way, where the mechanics ended up being reflected by um, the card concepting. So I think when we originally made it, uh, Chris actually made this card originally, it was like Merfolk Tank or something, like the Merfolk for performing in it. And it did something completely differently. Um, but I, I think what you said in the meetings is, the joke of this card is there's dangerous things in the tank. It's not funny that there's a Merfolk in the tank. It's funny that, like, there's a shark in the tank. And, you know, the fact that it's cracking is like, oh, there's this, like... The park has this ongoing sense of danger to it, which is kind of like one of our things we, we play into all the time for humor. And you're the one that said, hey, we should make this like a shark tank. And then we went back and we changed what the mechanic was. And we ended up saying, okay, well, you become either a shark or octopus. So like we could put dangerous things in the tank. I mean, yeah, it's not much fun. unless There's a bit of risk. I don't know. It's like that sort of like, uh, we always try to keep things like a little like, a little, a little keep you on your toes when you're playing Magic Gathering, you know? It's like you always want to feel like something crazy could happen. So, yeah. <laughs> and shark. unsets are weird in that we have cards like Astro Aquarium where the art matters mechanically, which usually yeah. isn't a thing. Oh, we can talk about that real quickly. So one of the themes of the set is hat matters. And so one of the things we had to do is we had to tag on some of the cards when it had to have a hat. 
Yes. Yeah. There's a tag on every single card in the database, whether it has a hat or not. And I had to emphasize like upfront for some, and you know, some, we just left them like free form, like, sure, maybe an artist will draw a hat, maybe they won't. But in the end, like we did have to track all of it. And I think like the reason why like hats matter is really resonant. I think it's just because when you do say like artists go crazy with this set, they just end up putting hats on stuff. You know, like, I don't know why, but they just always put hats on stuff, so. Yeah, it was it was funny in that, right, we told certain certain cards need to have a hat, we said, please put a hat on it. Uh, yeah. And a lot of cards we didn't say, but then uh, there were different waves, and this set was stretched over, like, five waves, which is abnormal. Normally, magic is two waves. Um, but every time a wave would come in, we'd count all the hats to see where we were at. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And then also, we have, like, a certain ratio of, like, hats stickers we made sure to put on those cards as well oh yes oh do you want to talk a little bit about making the making of the stickers oh yeah i guess um there are a lot of them and uh we also had to commission those out just like any old piece of art so there's just this mega list that uh was sort of grouped in certain ways of just like things you'd find at the park hats duh <laughs> stuff you could like hold in your hand you know like weapons and things like that because it's just fun to like you know kind of be told like where to stick this if you want to like you know kind of make it make sense mm -hmm. uh i think food was a category there's a couple like uh speech bubble thingies or like sound effects was yeah. a category as well and like miscellaneous items and stuff like oh magic references was another one of them i think like the biden of thassa got spoiled today or something like that so yeah. um yeah this is just a lot of miscellaneous things yeah you basically what happened is you made a list and then you we would review it and we're like oh can we add this or add that you know i'm mm -hmm. like please can we have a little a little uh, bobblehead carn thing like <laughs> So, okay, so next card I want to talk about is Form of the Approach of the Second Sun. Four white enchantment. When this enchantment enters the battlefield, you gain seven life. You become a card until you leave your battle, you leave your library or that library is shuffled. Put yourself seven from the top, balancing cards on top of your head. When you draw yourself, you win the game. When one or more cards fall off your head, exile them and all cards on your head, then sacrifice this enchantment. Okay, so how, how do you concept this card? Well, okay, this one was definitely handed off from you guys, like, exactly in this shape with exactly this name, you know, like, it, or at least something really close to it, uh, because, you know, the joke is, like, look at me, I'm the second card in the second sun, <laughs> whatever, when you draw yourself, blah, blah, blah. So, with this, uh, yeah, like, you just mentioned how we had all these different waves for the art, like, in an early wave, we had Vorthos, which is like, I don't know, probably one of my top three favorite cards in the set. And she came out so great. I'm like, Vorthos is also the type of person who would just have an absolute blast at this park. Like she's like the perfect fan to be here. So she shows up on like trivia contests because of course she would win that. And But also here on Form of the Approach of the Second Sun because uh, it's just like a Bolas callback. And I'm just like, well, she's got the Bolas costume and we can use that costume to sort of mirror the composition of the original card, you know, with its two styles except here they are fireworks and just you know have a really clear visual callback but also be riffing on our own you know little astratorium world and ortho so i just think it's it's really cute to just be able to reuse characters between cards and just sort of tell their little story so 
Yeah, I, I love when you have things reappear and so that it gives a sense of continuity to the world. I, I think that's lots of fun. And this is a good example where something that un unsets do is, I mean, magic will do it a little bit, but unsets do it more than normal, is when you do visual callbacks. It's very fun mm -hmm. to sort of, hey, this card clearly mechanically is referencing Approach of the Second Sun, so why don't we visually, rep you know, I think that's really cool. Okay, next up is Lila, Hospitality Hostess. So she's two green-white, legendary creature, elf employee, 3-3, three, three. You may look at the top card of your library at any time. You may cast common spells from the top of your library. Guests you control get plus one, plus one. Okay, so where where did where did this come from? Okay, uh, so we have all of these, uh, you know, like really tropey things around the park, uh, like with different employees and performers. Uh, this one is just a nice employee guiding around this little kid. Uh, to the park and uh, yeah the tricky part was finding a common creature for her to be hanging out with because we wanted to be cute and I went to look at the commons at the time you know it was several years ago so we <laughs> printed different commons since then but I looked at like the top most popular common creatures and there was like a Gurmag angler, and I'm like, mm, I don't know about that. There's like a boggle. It, it was really tough because I wanted to find like a humanoid person. Uh, and the one that uh, I decided to settle on was Delver of Secrets. So this is sort of just a little tiny baby <laughs> Delver <laughs> with, uh, you know, the bee is sort of like a little call out to the to the insect side of it. But other than that, it's just like a cute, cute kid having a blast. Uh, so even if you don't, uh, see that little reference, uh, you know, it's totally fine. And I don't know. I just think it's a really charming card. So I wanted to keep it, keep it cute. Uh, and, you know, just give a little bit of a shout out to the good old classic Delver of Secrets. And this is another card, by, I mean, we're not planning this on purpose, but this is another card where the way the art came out, we actually changed the card a little bit. Um, the guess you control get plus one plus one wasn't originally on this card, but when we sort of saw it all come together, it just, it just felt like she was so helpful. And, mm -hmm. and we had added guests late in the process for a long, long time. If you were a guest, you just you, you were what you were. You know, you were a human or a whatever. Um, and we added guests in because it just, they, they seemed so blank. So we added guests in. And then it, we wanted to interact with guests and she seemed like the perfect one. So that, that all kind of came together off the concept. So that, that's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm glad to see guests getting used. It just feels right to have, like, a job on, like, some of these characters running around the park. Because if you're not working there and you're not, like, a show person, like, well, what are you? I'm like, well, I hope you're not, like, a soldier or a warrior <laughs> or something like that. So, like, guest is just a really, a really chill creature type. Okay, next up. Finishing move. Two and a green sorcery. You get uh, um, two tickets. Then you may put a sticker on non-land permanent you own. Target creature you control deals damage equal to its power to target creature you don't control. So the, this art shows a wrestling ring and a woman dressed up like Liliana is wrestling a, a, a person, a different person, not Vorthos, dressed up like Bolas. So how, how did this come about? Oh, well, you know, this is just, uh, you know, at the time, I think like War of the Spark was like pretty fresh. <laughs> you know, like it was like the biggest, most catastrophic thing we've done in a while so I just wanted to sort of like have a little bit of fun with it and show like these characters reenacting uh you know the pivotal moment when 
uh, Liliana wrestles Bolas and breaks his leg. You know that happened. Uh, it's just, it's just, <laughs> I don't know. It's just cute, and I think uh, maybe like Don could more speak to it. But I'm pretty sure this is just like the artist and his wife posing for this. So I thought that was really cute. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's really all there is to it. It's just sort of like allow the astratorium just just sort of like have fun with magic like not take it too serious like it's i wouldn't say like the astratorium is like magic land it has more of the vibe of like uh you know when you go to a carnival and you see like prizes for sale that definitely aren't you know they're definitely bootleg or like you see something painted on the side of a ride and you're like mm, I don't really know if this is branded correctly you know so it's just sort of just having fun with our own IP that's all yeah and it, it, it's one of the things I enjoy that's a lot of fun to do is just poke fun and ha- you know saying like it's I yeah I think I think we had written that somewhere we, we wanted to have some wrestling somewhere just because it seemed like a, a fun thing um and this was a neat place to put it so mm-hmm Okay, next up is Killer Cosplay. So Killer Cosplay costs green. It's an artifact equipment. When Killer Cosplay becomes attached to a creature, choose a creature card name with an identical mana cost. That creature becomes a copy of the card with the chosen name until Killer Cosplay becomes unattached from it. Equip three. Okay, so and so the, the picture, for, since it's not a visual medium, uh, the picture is this little bear who's obviously walking with his, like his mom because he's holding her hand. Although you can't really make her out too much. Um, and um, he's wearing a little, like, Tarmogoyf outfit. A very cute-looking Tarmogoyf outfit. So how did all this come about? Um, yeah, this one is definitely mechanically driven reference here. Uh, because the most classic, at least to me, uh, you know, okay. I'm biased. I like bears, all right? So I like eat the good old one in a green grizzly bear, like the good old one in a green bear cub. It's also very cute to me. Um, but what else is one in a green is Tarmogoyf, who's like very high profile, very gnarly nasty. And so it was just sort of like a, you know, like a one-two thing that felt like it clicked together with the mechanics of like this really simple, like classic card with like this really nasty looking like weird mechanical card and i'm just like but it's also a powerful card so uh i just wanted to put it a cute bear cub in a tarmogoyf onesie basically and see if anyone like caught on to what was going on there i can see the flavor text team really brought it home with the whole <laughs> with the text they put on there oh yeah the, the, just, the uh, flavor text right. real quickly just, uh, is ah hans run get the camera he's adorable steffi bob's daughter next words next words yeah so yeah yeah it's just it's just uh it's fun i tried to sneak in stuff like this whenever i could and uh you know hopefully people notice that's all okay so now i'm gonna one of my favorite jokes that you put in and you and i would talk all the time about like like um because this was only in english we were allowed to put uh normally in magic cards you can't put english on them right because it's there's many languages and stuff, but this product was printed in English and only English. So we were allowed to sort of put some English. So we, we were allowed to make jokes in the background in English, which is not something we normally get to do. Um, so my favorite, where is he? My favorite card is, uh, so one of the things is the, we decided that all the people who work in the midway are, are vampires mostly. Do you know the card I'm going to here? 
Um, there's a couple vampire ones with text. So. Yeah, so it's uh, where is he? Um, oh, discour- so discourtesy clerk is its name. Three in a black creature, vampire employee. When discourtesy clerk enters the battlefield, open attraction. At the beginning of your end step, if you control three or more attractions, you draw a card and you lose one life. Uh, three two. Oh, um, okay. I do know this one. Yeah. So this. Uh, yeah. This is just an annoyed clerk. Like we, we were trying to play up. I, I I think the idea of just someone who doesn't want to help you. So get into how, how this card came about, and then there, there's a joke in the back that I, I adore. So. Yeah. Um. Really early on, like during the concept art process, uh, Jay Han Chu, who works uh, principal concept artist, uh, drew this really awesome vampire employee with like, you know, backwards cap, had like shorts on. I'm like a vampire in shorts. Like, I do not need to see those pale knees. But like, it was just so great. So we made a bunch of our employees vampires. I mean, there's a couple other ones, but just like these vampires that just couldn't care less about working there you know like it's a summer job and they just they don't want to be there they don't want to help you <laughs> they're tired <laughs> so uh that's that's how all these vampire employees came about um okay so in yeah, the this, yeah so in the back of this it. one card there is a sign this, this is one of my favorite jokes so there's a sign that says commander tax not included yeah well, it's not. You have to pay, too. For <laughs> every time. No, it's like there is a bunch. Usually when we hand off a concept like this, we brainstorm a couple things that could go in the bag. I remember we wanted to show, like, Yogmoth's bargain bin or something like that, if we could. So we just give the artist a couple ideas, and luckily this one really did make it on, on the screen. So it's just another cute little reference to, to our game. So. So anyway, Annie, I'm almost almost to my desk here. So uh, as we wrap up, any final thoughts about concepting this set? Uh, I guess, like, it was just a really fun time to both be able to, like, create uh, a world, like, its own little self-contained world, like, with its own, you know, retro-futuristic aesthetic, like, its cute little robots and stuff like that. But also a world that could hold like all of these magic references that people really have come to love from unsets. It's just, I don't know. It just felt like it really came together so that we're not doing just like random one-off jokes, you know, it's like, no, seriously, like it makes sense because he's a performer in, in like the parade thingy handing out gold, you know, good old Gary, right. Stuff like that. Um, and yeah, it, it felt really unique and, uh, you know, it's in space. <laughs> I hope you like the lands. They're very cool. Uh, and yeah, I had a great time. I hope we can go back to Myra the Magnificence Intergalactic Astratorium of Fun one day. <laughs> That's all. So thank you. Thank you so much for being with us, Annie. This was, I, I, I had a lot of fun working on with you on the set. Uh, and um, it came out great. I, I, like I said, the, if you've not looked through the art, there's so many jokes and things like, Annie and, and Dawn and everybody who, who worked on the, the, the art of the set, the, A, they look awesome, but there's, there's so much there. There's a lot of jokes sneaked away. Like, if you, if you take a look, you'll, you'll, you'll find jokes you, you didn't realize were there if you take a second look. So it's really cool. Yeah, can't wait to draft it. <laughs> but anyway, guys, I'm at my desk, so we all know what that means. It's the end of my drive to work. So instead of talking magic, it's time for me to be making magic. Once again, thank you, Annie, for being with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. And I'll see you all next time. Bye-bye.